0: Triple H show, Husker Half Hour. Uh, I'm Ben, and I'm Elijah, and we're so glad you're back to join us for this second part of the 2D. We were planning on having one episode for both, but we realized that we needed that too to yeah. fully talk about. And it. We wanted
1: to fulfill our promise of being the Husker half hour. We know you guys have uh, busy days; you don't have an hour and a half to sit down and listen to a full Husker show. So we like to uh, split up our shows a little bit better—thirty minutes each, very easily digestible—and uh, we hope you appreciate that too.
0: Sure, like you could listen to both episodes
1: on a drive to from Lincoln to Omaha,
0: mm-hmm. or you could, or, or
1: you could listen to both episodes on a drive from Omaha to Lincoln. In 30 minutes, you could email us and try to mm-hmm. get a sponsorship deal on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we have at least one listener. I, I know Dad said he wanted to listen. Yep. So we have at least one. Yep. Um, so uh, if you want to if you want to reach out to our dad via advertising, we have a, a low, low rate right now. Yep. And that rate is free. Yeah, um, please. C- just come join the show. We need clout. 30 minutes,
0: uh, two 30-minute episodes. That's like me... Uh, the amount of time it takes me to pose for a mirror selfie. That was bad. We'll cut that one. Thank we'll you. Just, we'll, we'll just we'll keep we'll, we'll just get into it. Yep. Um. So pretend like none of that yeah. happened. That's all you.
1: Again, this show today sponsored by nobody besides ourselves out of our own pockets. Self advertisement, baby. Yeah. It's like self love. Follow me on Twitter at herbal essences ben, where, uh, where can they find you? Follow you.
0: I um have have not used my Twitter in years. I deleted my instagram the other day
1: don't add me on facebook so really um you Te- know text what? him at an undisclosed number that we're not going to release on the pod no one's gonna listen follow anyway. me at my social security number <laughs> um one or 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 four. there it is mm-hmm. nice okay um anyway you can find me follow me on twitter at her follow him he's cool um mm-hmm. we'll add in a show Social media show notes, here. Show note. Well, once, show notes. once we have social media made for the show, we'll enter it here. Yeah. Pause five seconds to allow this to intervene. And we're back. That's, hey, where, that's, where, yeah, you yeah, yeah, that's where you can follow the show. We're totally prepared for this. Yep. Um, but let's let's dive straight into that defensive depth chart we talked about on uh, on part one. People have been waiting for this episode, Elijah. We left him at a cliffhanger. We talked about Cam
0: Jurgens last episode. We posted the shows at the same time. We posted the show. <laughs> there was no cliffhanger. There.
1: No. They could have to them straight through if they wanted to. Um, but you didn't. If if you were, if you were if you were on a cliffhanger, if, if, if you, you have true
0: self restraint, you you left a cliffhanger for yourself because it is enjoyable. Uh to be hung. To be cliff hung. <laughs> oh I love being um, hung. Mike that's in a, two that's ways. Three a, ways, actually. That's a king. <laughs> there's no way, dude. I've seen you. Well What's <laughs> we used to take showers together. What?
1: <laughs> we were four happened to be four <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh gosh. gosh! Um, okay, oh, no. the defensive depth chart. I'm, I'm so of, flustered now. Hey, speaking of hung, those defensive ends. What? Those 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 uh, those Davis, the da- Carlos Davis.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, so Ben, this is his first time seeing it. And uh, oh yeah, pick yeah. But both both defensive ends. <laughs> That's spots. why that segue was so bad. Doesn't I matter. just read it. Okay, uh, go ahead. Both defensive end spots. I mean, you have it pulled up on your computer. It's not like I mean. <coughs> Ooh, you can read well.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um. Anyway, the both both defensive end spots uh, were won by the Davis twins, Khalil Davis on one side, Carlos Davis on the other side. Bit of a surprise here that Ben Stille not a starter. Um. He starts the season backing up Khalil Davis uh, on that one end. On the other side, DeAndre Thomas, a guy who was a uh, a pretty good riser this camp. A
0: surprise for Stilley, you'd say, because of his output last year and
1: his production, last year production. Um, I thought at times last year he outplayed Khalil. Um, but fall cap is what matters. You always uh, hear stories about the Davis twins just going hard in the weight room, uh, alongside a nose guard we're talking about here, Darian Daniels and his brother uh, Damian. Um, but Ben still he's clearly still going to get play time. Uh, this every single guy in this two deep on the defensive line is going to get play time, and there are going to be guys even in the the three deep that are going to be getting play time who their names aren't even listed here. Um, guys like uh. Uh. Uh, we can cut this. Hakeem. uh, guys like jakeem Green, uh, who the JUCO transfer. He came into fall camp a little bit out of shape, um, and, and, and he needs to get fit with, uh, with Coach DuBose and then with the rest of the football staff. But once he uh, is ready for football, he will be getting a decent chunk of play time too. Um, but let's move straight into Noseguard. guard, um, because this, this is no surprise to anybody. Darian Daniels wins the uh, the starting spot over his brother Damien. Darian obviously is the transfer from Oklahoma State, who was a uh, couple-year starter out there. He is a graduate transfer from Dallas. And, uh, he's he, been here he's since the spring. Been here since the spring, won the starting job. And uh, he now uh, will be starting. And it's no surprise, considering that the Huskers named their team captains uh, over the weekend. And
0: uh, What did they name them? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. <Ooh. laughs>
1: thanks, thanks, Dad. Um, Darian Daniels. Uh, was selected as a captain in only his first couple of months with the team which was a big surprise to him That's I don't think pretty it was pretty surprise to many other guys in the team but he said it's the biggest honor of his life and
0: uh well coming in and like having that respect
1: of man this is an honor for me and I wasn't even playing the last well what well, he said I said Nebraska I came in here and I just wanted to come in and help out my brother's career. I wanted to be that that big brother for him on the team for one year. <laughs> Um, I wanted to play with my brother for one year and be that big brother influence. He wasn't planning on being a team captain or a leader in any sense of the word, uh, but he comes in and he fulfills that role of the defensive line desperately needs, which is a leader. Uh, at 340 pounds, he's going to be clogging up the middle, and uh, and he is one of the biggest additions to help that run defense this year. On to the linebackers where we uh... – yes, Ben? Did you want me to say something? <laughs> I mean, I, I left it open for you if you wanted to say anything.
0: I didn't really. <laughs> don't go I was much. like, I was
1: like, oh, good. He's big.
0: Yeah, he's I, fat. <laughs> he's a big boy. You stuff, you stuff him down there. Takes up space. You stuff him in that. You stuff him in there. Three hundred forty pounds. It'll take on one, or two bucks. 340 three hundred forty pounds is
1: like, <clears throat> let's let's convert that into something. Hmm. Three hundred forty pounds. How many bananas is At that? At least one fuck ton. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> it's not three hundred forty pounds. That's like
0: that's like two fat guys. It could also be one fat guy. One really obese fat guy. I always love measuring things in fat guys. Okay, that's like a f- – that's one f- fat lard. Fat ass. That's a fat ass. That's like fat guys. That's like two f- – that's like one and a half fat guys. That's one fat ass. But he's Moving a- on he's- to the linebackers. <laughs> Pause. We can cut this in. Well, can we talk about like like the ability oh, – okay, hold on. Pause. Cutting in somewhere else. Um so that ability there um to really run that three man front, right? Mm-hmm. With with a leadership, the strength in the middle, opening up the outsides, oh, okay. the ends, uh to have a guy that in the middle that can take three blocks, mm-hmm. um, somebody that can apply that pressure with with three guys. That's big for the system.
1: We did we didn't really have a guy who was capable of that last year. No. Uh, and what this also opens up Nebraska too, with Ben Stilley backing up Davis, is it opens up to us, opens us up to a four-man front. Yeah. Where we can uh, come in, maybe have Darian Daniels playing at the uh, the one technique. You can have a guy like Khalil Davis or Carlos Davis playing a three technique, Ben Stilley playing the end, probably DeAndre Thomas playing the other end. Opens it to a four-man front in a, a third and short situation if you would so like to do so. Yeah. Um, Really, the additions on the defensive line are the strength for this Huskers team. Sure, the the but depth, the of, the win of the offseason is is the and depth. to keep 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 freshness
0: throughout a game to be mm-hmm. able to if they're going to be on the field a lot, right, um, to be able to keep that pressure
1: to go 110 on that pass rush. There, there's nine guys that I can see getting consistent play time, uh, for the Husker D line. So it, the depth is a serious plus for uh, this team. It's going to help hmm. the run defense. It's going to help the pass rush. Uh, which is what I want to get into next, which is where is that pass rush going to come from? Big um, question mark,
0: especially with filling some roles of wasn't great pass rush last year, but still some some big
1: names that have that have left now. The, the problem with this Huskers team uh, in terms of pass rush is they don't have a game wrecker. They don't have a guy that the offensive line has to circle and go, this is a guy. That Randy Gregory type. The Randy Gregory, the Indomitian Sioux. Um, when you look around other programs, the the Khalil Max, the Vaughn Millers, the guy where if you don't take care of him that game, he is going to completely wreck your offense. Nebraska doesn't have that, which makes you easier to block whenever you don't have a guy. That, I mean, Even looking back towards Vincent Valentine, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a guy that if you don't block him well, he is going to completely wreck your entire offensive scheme, and he's going to make your day suck. And when you look at the the Huskers' front, Darian Daniels, maybe? We'll see. We'll see. Probably
0: not, not though. He's not going to be in the Dominican Sioux. He's not going to be...
1: No. He, he's there to take up space in the interior. Uh, Jaquim Green's got a chance to do it in a couple of years. He's not ready right now. He came into fall camp. I mean, he was playing Juco for a couple of years. He's not at Division uh, One Power 5 Conference
0: Speed, fitness. Uh, He's got to acclimate to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got the frame for it. He's got the body for it. Clearly, I mean, they recruited him.
1: He's got. He recruited him. They recruited him to a deep position. He's got potential Malik Collins level ceiling, where Malik Collins came in and could be a game record for Nebraska. Um, And Nebraska currently doesn't have that, including the outside linebackers, where we look at uh, Alex Davis wins the starting spot. He's a guy who's kind of come in with high acclaim for the past couple years. Has never truly lived up to it. Uh, he now gets his chance as he starts outside linebacker. On the other side uh, from him is Caleb Tanner, a guy who has been um, highly acclaimed, uh, was a big signing day get for Nebraska on uh, in Scott Frost's first recruiting cycle, and uh, the offensive lineman rave about his just athleticism off the edge. He's fast. Um, isn't necessarily going to bull rush you, but he's fast. He's shifty. He's hard to block. Um, he's co-listed with JoJo Doman, so it gets Caleb Tanner t- Excuse me, Caleb Tanner or JoJo Doman. JoJo Doman's a guy had a good game against Ohio State, but comes in with some injury concerns. Uh, missed a good portion of fall camp due to injury. Uh, wasn't even on the ori- an original 110 man roster.
0: Right. So also more of a. I mean, he's he's that hybrid. He's switching positions. Well, if
1: you remember Luke Gifford from last year,
0: yeah, that, that's much more of that. Can play way. the coverage. Mm-hmm. Can can go out on it. He can get a tight end. He can cover that that slot kind of in like a motion kind of situation. Right. And then, but then be able to hopefully bring some athleticism to the pass rush, but uh, not necessarily like one trait that we see of like, damn, he's so jacked or he's so like
1: oh, fast. He's yeah. so, you know, he, he, he's a do it all guy um, where he's going to come and he's going to be in pass coverage. As you said, he's going to be rushing the pass or he's going to be stopping the run. Um, very tough position to play. And uh, one of the more important positions on this defense, you either need, tanner or domin to step up
0: important in the sense of knowing
1: that in the scheming of this defense we need studs at the out, uh, outside linebacker position and, and that's a position where you want your game record to be as, as i said a couple of minutes ago uh you you want a game record that's the position you want is caleb tanner or jojo Doman going to be a game record probably not and that's a position of weakness for this nebraska team um i, I think teams could look to exploit the, the pass rush of nebraska as being a, a weak point where they can try to uh Get their quarterback some time in the pocket. Maybe get him rolled out and give him some time. And and that's a place where Nebraska could get exploited this year.
0: Do you feel like halfway through the summer, I felt like there was a lot of talk and a lot of concern about this position, and then feeling like there's some hope and some maybe it's the the hype going into the season. I don't know if it's self confidence in that position of now we're kind of overlooking how we were feeling halfway through the summer. What do you think's changed in this position and the way we feel about these guys now compared to you know post spring game or. Um, going into the summer. It,
1: it's all in the development. And, and that's what, what Frost & Co. has been preaching, is that you may not have seen the results in the field last year, but it's about development. In this offseason, uh, it's about development, getting better. It's the process. Uh, they're in the weight room. They're working out. They've gotten another spring uh, or series of spring practices under their belt and now another fall camp under their belt. And uh, you got to hope they make that natural development. I got something a guy like Alex Davis has struggled to make his first four years as a Husker the um, first three years, I guess, technically, as a Husker, uh, now into his fourth year. And uh, people have said, now's the time he made that jump. He went and worked with Jeremiah Searles during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a really interesting story I heard from uh, Searles himself, where he said that Mo Berry and Alex Davis came to him during the off season and said, we, we want your opinion. You're an NFL offensive lineman. We want you to come sit down and watch our film from last year and break us down as an NFL offensive lineman. And Jeremiah Searles looked at Alex Davis and said, your problem here is that you have a great first pass move or pass rush move, and it works for you well. But as an NFL offensive lineman, I would see that and I would take that away from you. That move. That I would take that move away from you. And I'd know it's coming, and you don't have a good follow-up move. So Alex Davis really went and worked on variations to his good move uh, to, to become a better pass rusher. So look for that from Alex Davis this year. Backing him up is Tyron Ferguson, uh, who is two A and two B. Is a true freshman in Garrett Nelson out of Scottsbluff, Nebraska. Garrett Nelson is a guy that the fans love. Uh, big character, uh, <laughs> plays the game with passion. Uh, a lot of people were expecting a redshirt year from him this year, where he'd maybe get some time on special teams. But take that redshirt; it's now looking like he's going to get some significant time on special teams. And, some of that, uh, some most of likely, won't redshirt this year now that he is put on the two deep. Some of that feelings from the fans of. Like returning to the Huskers of old or like that. We get the guys from Nebraska that want to be here, that play with heart. Yeah. And and that's what Garrett Nelson brings to the table. He is going to play his heart out every single time he sees the field. And uh, it's really going to be a guy that is – he could be a game wrecker within four years. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, that's all we have for the – the guys who I guess were rushing the passer So, so move into- a
0: position that we're going to be making sure to keep watching as the season goes on. I, I
1: think it's the biggest question mark among any of the starting 22 is who's going to be able to rush that passer
0: you'd say the entire starting 22 have the
1: entire story in 22 it's it's the one nebraska really lacks is who is going to rush the damn passer because hmm. I, I don't see anybody here who can be a consistent threat from pass rush ben steely tends to get sacks but he never tends to be wrecking in the backfield he tends to be the guy who like stands up as offensive lineman somebody else gets pressure and the quarterback kind of runs into him
0: especially in in a defense that we're really hoping makes that jump in in uh, takeaways, mm-hmm. right? Getting that pressure on the quarterback in the backfield, whether that's forcing fumbles or causing uh, like the rise in numbers of rushed passes. Uh, we want those interceptions up with a pressure on the quarterback as we attack, attack, attack.
1: And I think that plays into the scheme that we didn't quite get to see last year. It would really be helpful for the scheme for a guy who can come in and just be a game wrecker. I think it's going to be a lot more like UCF, where we're going to have to get pressure on the quarterback by bringing guys. Mm-hmm. Bring in six guys and seeing how they react. Creative blitz packages. Creative <laughs> blitz packages on, on third and medium. Um, and, and one third and long, you just got to hope your guys get there and hope that the quarterback isn't good enough to, to pick you apart. Because our secondary is good. Our secondaries are guys that you can put on islands and you can bring some extra guys to get some pass rush. Uh, expect to see that this year from this Huskers defense on third down. They're going to be bringing guys. They're going to be pinning their ears back. They'll be trying to get to that quarterback and they're going to be leaving lies guys like DiCaprio Boodle and Lamar Jackson on islands by themselves and saying, Hey, <clears throat> go guard Chanel. Like get out there and, and defend him.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see what they do to him.
1: Yeah. Well, two weeks away. We'll, we'll get there in the, uh, the preview show for that. But let's talk about a couple of the guys the Huskers mm-hmm. may bring from inside linebacker spot, uh, in blitz packages. And, uh, a bit surprising here. Both these guys earned their uh, their black shirt. Um, obviously, one of the uh, the inside linebackers is Muhammad Berry. That's not questioning, or that's not really in question. Um, but let's look at the other two inside linebackers. Uh, their list has one A, one B. Both these guys have earned their black shirt, and that is Colin Miller and Will Honus. Will Honus uh, was a JUCO transfer last year. Lots of big talk that he hit pretty hard in the mm-hmm. preseason last year, uh, and then came in and, and suffered an injury early in the uh, the game against. Colorado. It was his it was first game, I, I do believe, uh, where he, he suffered an injury, did not see the field the rest of the year, and uh, is looking to make his comeback. Now, he earned his black shirt, uh, which is always a good sign whenever a a, defense, a, a defenseman earns his black shirt. Uh, it just means he's going to be getting significant playing time. Alongside him is Colin Miller, who is uh, another guy who I've heard good things about this offseason and say he's hitting hard, uh, playing with 110% passion every single play. I think both these guys next to Mo Berry are going to be little Mo Berry um not not mold, it's not gonna be the mold of Mo Barry, but they're gonna be little replicas where they're gonna be playing with passion, playing with fire.
0: All the inside linebackers being guys that we need to step up because last year the amount of snaps that Mo Barry was getting per game was way too high. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't bring Mo Berry off the field because we couldn't trust who was going in there. Or we couldn't trust that like the defense we needed him as a playmaker yeah. all the time. And so I think like a position that we need to be able to give him rest and give him support, um, obviously he's still going to be playmaker. He's going to be out there a lot. But I think a place that we need other guys to step up with him.
1: The the guy that's listed as the backup for Muhammad Berry is Joseph Johnson. He's a redshirt freshman from Gretna, uh, 6'3", 240. Haven't heard much about him out of fall camp. I think he's a bit of a surprise addition on the two deep. But then again, as Ben said, Mo Berry doesn't leave the field much. He's a guy who's in shape. And if he does leave the field, it's either going to be for a defensive back coming in in a specialty situation, or maybe for one of those guys in Colin Miller or Will Honus. I don't see Joseph Johnson really seeing the field all that much this year, but uh, I'd love to be surprised. You want to go to the secondary? You know what, Elijah? Yeah. Yeah. let no, would. do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Um, both the starting spots uh, really aren't a surprise for cornerback. What is there
0: really to say about the secondary in terms of looking at this and feeling surprised or feeling like it wasn't what we expected. Uh, I
1: mean, it's experience in in the back end, and that's what you love to see. Um, DiCaprio Boodle and Lamar Jackson are obviously your starting cornerbacks, but there is a little bit of surprise in the 1B behind Lamar Jackson, and that's the true sophomore Cam Taylor, um, who came off a a bit of an injury season last year um, to now get the 1B position. It's going to be more that he's going to be coming in as the, uh, the nickelback, on third and long situations. I don't think it means that he's ever going to play over Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's the 1A guy. Uh, I think putting him in as the or there is more referencing the fact that he is going to be in as an extra defensive back uh, when the time calls for it. Uh, on the other end, it's DiCaprio Boodle backing him up, is the redshirt freshman uh, Braxton Clark from Orlando, Florida. And then behind him, uh, who is 2B, is the only freshman who is listed on the two deep on the defense. And that's Quentin Newsome. He was a big get out of Georgia this offseason, season, six He's got some, uh, some frame to build with, uh, but he does make the two deep as the two B cornerback behind DiCaprio. Boodle we'll probably get some playing time in South Alabama. I'm really excited to see how he plays uh, in terms of seeing the future
0: of what we have as a team. Some, some <clears throat> recruits in the secondary uh, that were, are going to have to eventually step up here and, you know, moving out of the recruiting classes from the Mike Riley era where we recruited the secondary pretty well mm-hmm. um, to be able to see uh, what these recruiting classes are going to look like
1: coming up. Uh, on the other side behind Cam Taylor, I uh, forgot to mention him, was Tony Butler, uh, another guy I probably don't expect to see that much of the field this year uh, aside from injuries or blowouts. Uh, but I was going to say that true freshman uh, Quentin Newsome was the only uh, freshman on the 2-deep, as I said. And a bit of a surprise that Noah pola Gates. A highly touted recruit uh as a member of the Polamalu family actually, Palomalu family actually um the Troy Polamalu, great stealer obviously he uh, with the he, he, head and
0: shoulders hair Oh, beautiful man or was he Selsen blue i think he was Selsen blue Selsen blue
1: Selsin yeah. blue boy yeah anyway uh same family member there and uh and he did not make the uh, the 2 deep which is Was he practicing it at safety or was he practicing at Safety. cornerback safety. safety. He was another guy who was expected to, to get some playtime this year as a freshman. May not be that way now. Um, Markel Dismuky gets uh, one starting safety spot. And an interesting uh, little change here. He was uh, considered a part of the Calabasas crew. He went to Calabasas High School alongside uh, Jebbia Um Keyshawn uh, Keyshawn, uh, Buki, they, they all went to that same high school, but uh, Markel Desmuke is now listed on the roster as uh, being from Compton, California, It's where he's truly from. Uh, Calabasas is a school that recruits. He's kind of been lumped in with the Calabasas crew, um, even though he wasn't truly. He was just a really good player that also opted to play for uh, Calabasas. wasn't really. I feel with like the other
0: moving guys. away from that identity of players who like who are the sellouts or the people who are like not the sellouts but are willing to like. I mean, Keyshawn Keyshawn came in, he was fat. He yeah, didn't care. Yeah, the man couldn't run a route. <laughs> but that <laughs> attitude of like, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna sell out wherever I'm from to go to the high school that's gonna get me to the future where I want to be, and that like option tending mm-hmm. of football of like, I'm gonna go where it's where, you know, the best option for me, or because of, you know, like less of that drive of being there for your team, or less of that drive of, you know, what I have to imagine. Frost and the staff are looking for of a player who is about the team rather than my own preferences. So I think that's kind of a fun little representation of that, of separating from that movement of people who were not so much about the team.
1: And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, Markel Dismuky, one of the last remaining guys from that Calabasas class, he is going to be your starting safety. Backing him up, another bit of a surprise uh, from Cardi, Nebraska is Isaiah Stalwart, a redshirt freshman. Uh, he gets the backup safety spot behind Dismuky. And behind him is Eli Sullivan. This is a spot where I was kind of expecting to see Noah Pola Gates um, to come in and be that guy behind either Stalbert or, or straight behind Desmuki. Um But he, he doesn't make the, uh, the two deep, which is interesting because there are three safeties listed. That's the only position that has a three deep uh, without any oars besides the quarterback position. And he does not make it on either. I think it's a bit of a surprise. He is still young, though. Uh, I think he's got a lot of of mass building to do still. The other safety spot belongs to Deontay Williams, a guy that we we saw in the end of the year last year against Michigan State. Played really well. Mm -hmm. Played pretty well against Iowa. He gets the starting safety spot behind him. Uh, Recently converted corner Eric Lee, who uh, really... He's played solidly in the uh, chance we got to see him. He's a holdover from the Mike Riley era. He got to start that game last year against Wisconsin. I I think he's going to be the guy who comes in uh, either safety spot whenever one of those guys goes down with an injury. Moving
0: him from corner because of depth at corner
1: and a combination of new fresh faces, right? Yes, a combination of there's already depth at corner and he is able to now move back to safety. Really instantly be in the mix and to be an older guy in that safety locker room to be able to to bring some leadership. He is a senior, uh, right behind Eric Lee is Reed Correll, who is the uh, another hometown kid from Seward, Nebraska. So uh, that that rounds out the defense. Any any thoughts on the safety position?
0: Um, safety position n- or not? The, the, entirely. Def- I the defense, as defense as a whole. Uh, I I'm interested. I think there is. Hmm, I would say at times I feel like just as much hype in excitement going into the year to see what this defense looks like as the offense at times. I think the offense, uh, a lot more lockdowns, a lot more things, even looking at last episode, looking at that depth chart um, positions that we felt like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like that, that's you know we were kind of knew that might be a battle for a bit but it's kind of familiar names mm-hmm. uh and here I think there's just more intrigue but and yet still hype like you see the hype in the defensive line you see the hype in the secondary and the way that we saw Boodle um and uh, Lamar Jackson at the end of the season um I think I think there's just as much hype on this side of the ball as there is on the offense and I'm excited to see after an offseason of training with the offense um and for a while there do you remember in the spring where the defense was outperforming? the offense even through fall camp through fall camp and especially in terms of energy, they were leading the offense energy wise. The attitude of the defense is fired up. They're supporting each other. They want to be out there. And the, I mean, the defensive line always talks about how they want, they want
1: dogs, you know, and Darian Daniels had probably one of my favorite quotes of the off season whenever he was uh, asked kind of some of the chippiness between the offense and the defense uh, during fall camp. And he said, well, yeah, we're physical, but the offense ain't no punks. Mm-hmm. And he said, "We're, we're going to do everything in our power to to throw that offense off, maybe even draw a couple of flags from them." We're the black shirts. We're supposed to be the villains. Yeah, heck yeah, and that was like straight to my heart. I was like just yeah, inject that in me. my veins. Yeah, yeah, just the oh gosh, uh, uh, that's an awesome quote, and that that's what that spirit of that Nebraska defense is. Yeah, I year, think is. they want to be. The bad guys, the guys who are coming in and shutting down your offense and just being badasses while they do it. Yeah,
0: the overall attitude of the defense is more fun than the offense. I think you see you see leaders on the offense like Adrian or Spielman who are quieter. Um, they're not. It's not that they're not well spoken. They're just a different type of leader than the leaders we've got with Mo Berry, Darian Daniels. I think they're just different leaders on the defense, um, even in the secondary. They're just a whole different attitude. I think that's like the attitude that that Ben don't break attitude of the Riley era where we're going to give up yards, but we're going to stop them in the red zone and take a field goal here. It's just that produced an attitude of complacency and an attitude of there wasn't fire there. Right. And I think it's now that we're seeing that we're getting quotes like that. And we're like, where's this been? Hell yeah, let's
1: go. And I think, I think that for the defense for me is making me excited for this year. Before we run out of time, I'm going to quickly run through the special teams. Uh, Barrett Pickering wins the starting place-kicking job, unsurprisingly. Woo! We discussed already uh, Isaac Armstrong winning the starting punter job. Uh, long snapper Chase Urbach wins the job. Oh, yeah. A little bit of intrigue behind him. Former Navy SEAL Damian Jackson has, uh, oh. has decided to learn some long Ooh. snapping. You know, he has won the backup long snapping position. Um, the actual interesting positions now, no offense to those other positions. Aww. But, but, I mean, sorry. Yay. Um, Winning at kick returner, um, it's the it's two, because you tend to put two kick returners back uh, or rotate them. Maurice Washington and Wandale Robinson are the two guys who are going to be returning kicks this the, year for the Oscars. The young bucks, the young speedies. I, I, I do expect to see other guys besides them returning kicks just based on how the offense works, how tired some of those are, how they're going to get. And uh, you have Ramir Johnson and Miles Jones behind them. I expect to see them returning some kicks too. Some
0: of those, I mean, it makes me feel too of like there's – the attitude of the, the coaching staff of starters play on special teams and there's no superstar that's that's you know not worth returning a kick. It's
1: putting the best people out there. Yeah. Uh, these four guys though, Washington, Robinson, Ramirez, Jones, and Miles Jones, uh, they are four of the fastest guys in the team. Yeah,
0: breakout potential on that return. Yeah.
1: It hit a gap and they're gone. Uh, at punt returner, starter, uh, same from last year's JD Spielman has won the number one spot as punt returner. Cam Taylor is number two, the uh, the backup defensive back at three, one, Dale Robinson, and tied the three A, the three B is uh Kennowai Noah. Ooh, a little bit of those Those hands that we were talking about on the that's last episode. He's sure hands. I'm sure he's back there in uh there at the 50 yard line. They're gonna pin us inside the 10, call a fair catch, and catch the damn ball. Catch the ball. Yeah. That, that's when Kenna Noah is probably gonna be going out there. Um but we we do have a couple minutes left before we hit our thirty minute time limit. As you look over the entire depth chart. Uh, What are some interesting things you're seeing now that we've gone through the whole dip chart? Uh,
0: Interesting things. I think uh, legitimately on that offensive line, I feel a lot better about that looking at that. Um, Like just the assurance of less of a question mark somehow with, with Juergens there at the center. I think uh, even though he was kind of a question, not knowing how he's going to play at that position to hear that he's back, I think is assuring to me. Um, I think that offensive line feels more
1: secure than it did a little while ago. Uh, what's assuring to me is that these coachings, uh, the coaching staff tends to not BS you, and uh, Greg Austin, the offensive line coach, did say he thinks there's seven or eight guys who are ready to go and can go in when their time is called. I think that is Bo Wilson, right guard, uh, followed by his backup Matt Sichterman. I think they're both good to go. Trent Hickson with his backup John Raritan, both good to go. Uh, Cam Jurgens and Will Farniak I think are both good to go. Uh, Hymas and Bando, I think, are both guys who can come in. I think Hymas is definitely that top end. You don't want to lose him. Bando is uh, can come in and be a comparable replacement. I worry about Bryce Binhart as the backup right tackle, Um but the, the tackle position has gotten a little bit thin as we've made it through fall camp. A couple injuries, and Bryce Binhart wins that starting right tackle job. He needs some time. I'd be concerned if Farniak went down with an injury, but you got to see he's 6'9". If you throw him into the fire, I, th- I think he'll end up doing fine. But I think he will he will struggle slightly if he does have to get thrown in this year.
0: Uh, speaking of coaches, you were saying not BSing you. I think the overall talk on the coaching staff saying that there's we are better across the board, all positions. Yes. Um, there's that's I feel like I've heard that quote multiple times. And if the coaching staff, I mean the coaching staff, past history, they're not BSing you. I think they know what they have. Um, and I think as a roster overall, I think that makes me. Excited and hopeful going into the season, looking at this, feeling like uh, we're more secure last year. And I think there were times where I heard that quote and I said, Really? I don't know. I don't know about that. And I think looking at this and as we talk about it, we've unpacked this for now an hour, the two episodes combined. Uh, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling really good about this, this roster and I'm excited. I'm so excited for the season to start this Saturday.
1: Before we're going out of time, I do have one position. I think you should uh, watch as a fan this year. That's the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Jack Stoll is listed as one, a Austin Allen listed as one B. Did we talk
0: about that much on the last episode? We, we, did, we didn't. Did That's we... why I
1: kind of want to get into it right now, just because I think it's a, it's a good thing to leave you on that tight end position. Uh, was one of the weakest on the offense last year. And you could see that in how how they were used. Uh, Jack Stoll is listed 1A. Austin Allen 1B. Kurt Raftel is listed as 2. Uh, technically 3, I guess, how you think about it. But uh, all three of those guys should be seeing the field this year. Uh, Jack Stoll is probably the best blocker there. Kurt Raftel is probably uh, the fastest. Austin Allen's a good mix between the two. I expect to see all of them on display, including Jack Stoll's beautiful, beautiful mullet. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. That's a Nebraska mullet. All those guys uh, are improved, though, this year. Um, Adrian Martinez has said that he has used them more through fall camp. Uh, They are all targets, and I think you should expect to see them uh, on full display this fall. Yeah. That's all we got for our two-deep segment. Wow. Um, We're going to see these boys on the field, Elijah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We're getting close. Huskers playing 11 a.m., on Saturday at Memorial Stadium as they take on South Alabama. <laughs> South Alabama has been described as one of the worst teams in the country who has lost a lot of talent. <laughs> um, defensively, there's not much there. Offensively, they're going to give us a power run game. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Nebraska should keep uh, should them pretty Let's get easily. some
0: bodies out there that we can...
1: Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a good time to see some some of these guys on the two deep and even further down the depth start to get some play time. Like uh, a spring game, but maybe a little more exciting. <laughs> yeah, a, a little more time from the starters in the first half too.
0: Fingers crossed we shouldn't jinx it. Let's go into it and not assume that. Let's just get out there and let's play f- like we're Nebraska. <laughs>
1: let's pray for no rain. Oh, yeah, preach. Not, not, not two seasons in a row. No rain. See you guys next week. All right. This has been the Husker Half Hour with your host, Elijah
0: Herbal. And Ben Herbal. See you next week.